So good to be with you. If you have your, uh, your Bibles, your Bible app, um, we'll be in Genesis chapter 22 today. Genesis chapter 22. Next week, we're going to be picking up our series in the book of 1 Peter, but today we're going to be taking a look at the story of Abraham and his son Isaac. It's a, it's a powerful and probably even a familiar passage of scripture to many of us, and the title of today's talk is Faith Tested. Faith Tested. And before we begin, I just wanted to ask this question, where has God tested your faith? Maybe you can think of some small tests or some, some bigger tests, but where has God tested your faith? Give it a moment to think through in the past. Maybe it was a couple years back. Maybe you were younger. Where has God tested your faith? What are some examples of that in your personal life? For me, I can remember back to uh, the end of college. Um, I had this girl that I was dating that I thought I was going to marry, and she broke up with me. And a few months later, my, my dog, I had this boxer puppy. He was my best friend. His name was Raul, and uh, he, pa- he passed away. And so, like, literally, I'm... I'm Sitting there, and I'm thinking through, I'm like, man, I lost, I lost my girl, I lost my dog. It's like a bad country song. Like, all I got left <laughs> is my pickup truck. It wasn't even a good pickup truck. It was a 95 Ford Ranger, single cab. Man. Where has God uh, tested your, your faith? The first thing we're going to be taking a look at is uh, God tests Abraham. He tested Abraham. Second, God provides for Abraham, and then we'll take a look at what that means for us today. God tests, God provides for Abraham, and then what does that mean for us today? Pray with me as we, uh, as we jump into this text. Lord, thank you uh, for this church family. Thank you, Lord, for the voices. I almost didn't want to get up here and preach because I was just caught into singing and, and worshiping together. Um, Lord, we know that we have this text ahead of us, and and there's so much in this specific text, and I pray, Lord, that you will just, um, as we read through it, that your word will just uh, comfort us, um, bring clarity, Lord, to our lives, and may we just focus in on Jesus. We love you, we thank you, and we give you this time together. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So before we jump into chapter 22, let's go back one chapter um, to kind of remind us or to get us uh, familiar with this story. In Genesis chapter 22, we can read about the birth of Abraham's son, his first son, Isaac. And it's this promise of this baby boy. Abraham, he's an old guy and he's been waiting about 25 years for his son to be born. 25 years. That's a long time. And so his son is finally born and now Abraham can hold his baby boy, this precious life. In, in chapter 21, God gives Abraham the gift of his son, Isaac. And then one chapter, we move over to Genesis 22. One chapter, and all of a sudden, it looks like this, this gift of his son is about to be taken away. And this is where we, today, get a front row seat to a test unlike anything Abraham had ever faced. God gives Abraham the ultimate test of faith. And our first point is God tests Abraham's faith by telling him to sacrifice his son whom he loves. God tests Abraham by telling him to sacrifice his only son whom he loves. So follow with me in verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. 
For many of us, the test may recall going to school, maybe taking some exams, writing a research paper, but the test we're going to read today and study today is a real test of one's trust and faith in God. God testing Abraham in the text is not an isolated event. It might seem crazy to us when we think that God is going to test Abraham and have him possibly kill his son and sacrifice him, but it's not an isolated event. You see, Abraham had years of walking with God. Here's some examples. He had the test of having to leave his homeland. He had the test of having to leave his father. He had the test of trusting that God will protect and provide for him. He had to take that test twice, and he failed. There were several tests with his nephew Lot. There was also the test of of dealing with and, and working with a skeptical and doubting wife. Those were just a few. Can you relate to any of those? Leaving home? Some of our younger people that are getting are in high school, maybe you're going to leave home in a couple years. What about leaving family? Getting married and maybe going, um, moving out of mom and dad's home. Or what about wondering if the Lord will provide for you and protect you? What about the test of a family relationship? Struggle there or even the test of a spouse. And each step and new chapter of Abraham's life was a consistent growing in his faith. And I'm convinced, this wasn't even like what I was kind of preparing, but I'm convinced that God allows us to experience the depths of his his love and his mercy and and knowing him the further along we are down the road. There's some of you here today that will, will experience some form of contentment because you are older than me, that I can't just pray right now and, Lord, give me this type of contentment. You're seasoned. You you have years of walking with the Lord that that you might experience a level of joy and contentment, a level of closeness with God that that is available to me, yes, but also you've had the years of experiencing that. And so I'm looking forward to getting older and experiencing that as well. And it's something that's available to us, but it's also something that God allows us to walk with him. Each step along the way was a consistent growing in Abraham's faith. And the Bible is filled with these stories, right? The testing of God's people, the Israelites. So it's, it's corporate testing, but it's also individual. We see examples of Job and Jonah and even Jesus' own disciples. And they wrestle with these types of questions. Are you really with me, God? Are you going to provide? Where are you taking me? Will you be with me? Will you show up? Can I trust you? Are you good? I remember when my son uh, Jed was born, I was thrilled to have a baby boy. I was also very humbled that I that I had to raise this, this kid in, in not just in 2020 when he was born, 2019, but, but also just as a father. Like, he's going he's gonna to mirror me and reflect what it is to be a man based upon his dad. I want to raise this guy with courage and character, but my deepest desire is for him to know Jesus. And so he was born, and like two months later, um, I, I lose my job. And there I was, already living paycheck to paycheck with uh, a wife and two kids that I had to provide for. And this was the second time in my life. The first major one for me was, you know, losing the girl that I thought I was going to marry and my dog passing away and everything that brought me comfort and was like normal for me was just stripped away. But for this one, it was different. It was a greater test. It was the second time in my life where I had no idea what was ahead of me. The world seemed small. We were lost a job, right? The world seems pretty small. It seems like there's no jobs out there. And my faith was tested as ultimately, it was tested with God. Is he truly my ultimate provider? That was the test that I went through. I was asking, will God show up? Does God really care? 
Can I handle losing a family that my wife and I have spent our whole entire married life invested in? Can I trust God even though I don't know what's next? That is a good question that we all experience. Can we trust them even though we don't know what's next? And we see this in Scripture, and don't miss this. It'll be on the screen. It says this, God's testing is his way of growing our faith and obedience in his character and promises. God's testing is his way of growing our faith and obedience in his character and in his promises. God often tests us in the area where we are most comfortable and in the area that we most love. Christians often don't know how to deal with God at work and our struggles, at God at work and our suffering, our difficulties and our pain, but he's always teaching and correcting us, and today we'll see that he tests our faith as believers. Why? To grow our faith and obedience in him. One author puts it this way, and I really like it. God tests to confirm, not to corrupt. He tests to strengthen, not to weaken. He tests to confirm, not to corrupt, to strengthen, not to weaken. God will never tempt you, but he sure will test your faith. And we read this in verse 1. In verse 1, we, the readers, we know this is a test. It says it right there. We know that Moses, the writer, he knows that it's a test. And third, most obvious, God is no, knows he is testing Abraham. But Abraham doesn't know. He doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what God is doing. He doesn't know the outcome. And yet, he leans in, putting one foot in front of the other. And even in this whole test that we see in Abraham, we see the, the detailed preparation of this man and his faith in God. Continue with me in verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham. And Abraham said, here I am. And he said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountain of which I shall tell you. At first glance, we have to ask the question, what is God doing? Will he really follow through on this request given to Abraham? Kill his son? Really? Later on, we can clearly see this is forbidden in other places of Scripture, but we have to listen to the language. He said, take your son. He doesn't even start with Isaac. He says, take your son, your only son that you've waited 25 years for, whom you love. We can think, that obviously, Abraham, he's, he's a proud dad. Take Isaac, your son, whom you, whom you love, your only one. In Hebrews, where it says, in Isaac, your descendants shall be called. And then God says to sacrifice or kill him on a mountain as an offering. What would you have done if you were Abraham? If it were me, I would have I've called a big time out and just said, wait, wait, wait. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not packing a knife. I'm not packing firewood. You want me to go where? You really want me to give away my son? This promise, baby boy, is kind of a big deal. It's not just for me, but it's also for your people, God. And we can read that in Genesis chapter 12. We can read of promised descendants for Abraham, that God promised to make him a great nation. And he promised descendants, God was to bless Abraham and all the families of the earth through him. Genesis 17, you will become the father of great nations. And if I were Isaac, I would have some questions. And on top of all this, we need to recognize that during this time, your firstborn son was of highest importance. Tim Keller writes this, he says, in an individualistic culture like ours, an adult's identity and self-worth is often bound up in abilities and achievements, right? Abilities and achievements. But in the ancient times, in ancient times, all the hopes and dreams of a man and his family rest in the firstborn son. To call, 
To give up the firstborn son would be similar to a surgeon giving up the use of her hands or of a visual artist losing the use of his eyes. So we need to pay attention here. The firstborn was the family. The firstborn was the family. And for Abraham, it wasn't just a baby boy. It could have easily been his everything. And so God tests Abraham in the area that he loves the most. And God does that also for us today. God tests us to see what we love the most, making sure that we are not loving anything more than him. And so a question for us, and a question I've been wrestling through this week is, do we allow God to show up in our lives, or do we push him away and ignore him? Do we allow him to show up in our lives, or do we push him away and ignore him? Why does God test? Because left on our own, we will, we will worship everything other than him. And we were made, first and foremost, to love and to worship God. Continue with me in verse 3. And so Abraham rose early in the morning. He saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him. And he said, Isaac, and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And we'll return again to you. And so the four men traveled to this mountain. And notice Abraham's faith. He said, we're going to worship. This is what worship looks like. But then notice he also says, we will return to you. We will come again. So Abraham is already saying, in other words, God will provide. Abraham believes in in Hebrews chapter 11 that God would even be able to raise Isaac from the dead. When God promises something, he always makes a way. And Abraham believes in God's promises. God follows through 100% of the time. God will provide in a perfect way with his perfect timing when he says something. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it goes against the grain, even when we don't think or feel, we read that he provides But I'm sure Isaac, this teenager, had some questions for his dad. Continue with me in verse 6. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son, on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. And so they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father Abraham, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. He said, Behold the fire and the wood, But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So they both, so they went both of them together. The first part we've been looking at is God tests Abraham's test Abraham by telling him to sacrifice his only son who he loves, verse one through one through eight. And second, God provides for Abraham by sacrificing a ram in place of Isaac, verses 9 through 14. Verse 9. When they came to the place of which God had told them, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in, in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and he took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay on the boy, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything 
to him, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes, and look, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of, or in place of, his son. So Abraham called the name of, of that place, the Lord will provide. And it is said to that day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. What a story. I mean, all Abraham really knew was that God had planned the entire future around Isaac. And yet God wanted him to sacrifice his son, Isaac. There was no way for him to reconcile the two, but he would obey anyway. And that is the faith that we see in Abraham. When we read this text, we are reminded how this whole story points to a true and better sacrifice, Jesus Christ. This son, this father and son story is supposed to point us to the greatest father and son story in Scripture. God the Father sent his son, whom he loves, to the world to die on the cross in our place as the ultimate and final sacrifice. The story in Genesis 22 gives us a beautiful picture of what Jesus will do for us. Jesus passes the ultimate test and live a perfect life. He lived a sinless life. He lived an all-loving life. And so when Jesus shows up on the scene, for us 2,000 years ago, when he showed up on the scene and John the Baptist declares, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We get to see the real son, not Abraham's son, but God's son. It was at the Jesus' baptism that God said to the world, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased. And the moment that Jesus came out of the water of his during his baptism, he was following the will of God and he started his journey to the cross. And what hit me the hardest this week, I mean, there's so many things, comparisons between Abraham and Isaac and, and God the Father and God the Son. What hit me the hardest this week as studying this passage is this idea that Jesus went through so much pain leading up to his crucifixion. And in that moment, the nails were going to be punctured into his hands and his feet. God the Father did not call out to heaven to stop it. God the Father did not call out from heaven to stop it. And the story of Abraham and Isaac, presumably it's, it's the pre-incarnate Christ that calls down and says, Abraham, don't lay a hand on that child. And then during this time, we see that God did not stop this sacrifice. And Jesus was crucified. And it was just a reminder to me of, of the seriousness of sin. As some pastors and writers and teachers would say that, that we are more sinful than we ever imagined and we are more loved than we ever hoped, than we ever deserved. In the moment of Jesus on the cross and him taking his last breath, God the Father was pouring out his love to the world. And we hear this in Jesus's remarks when he said, it is finished, it is paid in full. God not only provides for us, he has provided once and for all through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. God has provided everything, everything we need in Jesus. And since he has provided on this side of the cross, when we are just here today, we recognize that he has provided everything in Jesus. And God will test us to keep our eyes on Christ. He will test us to make sure that we love him. And so are we, are we as believers inviting him to test us? 
We don't put our faith in our faithfulness, but in Christ's faithfulness, we put our faith in Jesus to pay the penalty of our sin and to give us true life now and forever. And so by way of application, we recognize that God has provided everything we need in Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection. We, we know that this story, story points us to the greatest story and that God will test us to make sure we keep Jesus first and foremost in our hearts and our minds. And I don't know where God is testing you this morning, but Psalms 26, 2 through 3 says this. It says, test me, Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. For your faithful love guides me, and I will live by your truth. Psalm 139, 23 through 24 says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in your everlasting way. I don't know the things that are competing for your love for Jesus, but in view of the story that we've heard today with Abraham and his son Isaac, the question I want to ask us is this, and you specifically, where is God testing you? Where is God testing you? Where is God growing your faith and obedience in obedience in his character and his promise? Are we living this life as we read in the text where God speaks to Abraham and he says, here I am. He says, here I am. We just read it three times in the, in the portion that we were reading. Or are we living a life that says, I'm not here? Jesus lived a life of perfect obedience. He lived a life that says, God, here, God the Father, here I am. And he was the great I am. So are we, where are we letting God test us? Does God test us today? And the second question is, is this, are we faithful in the small tests of life and are we ready for the big tests of life? Are we being faithful in the small ones that, that God gives us and are we ready for the, the larger tests in life? Do we trust God even when we can't track him? Do we trust God even when we don't know exactly and understand all of his ways? And I believe that there is no better place than be than to invite God into our lives daily. Say, God, here I am. Search me, use me, teach me. There's no better place than to listen to his voice and allow him to grow our faith and obedience in his character and in his promises. So let me pray, and then Corey's going to come up, and we're going to spend some time, just a few minutes of just praying together, or you can pray with, with one another. And uh, let's really ask the Lord to, to, uh, to teach us this morning, to be our, our great teacher, and he's our great provider. Pray with me. Lord, thank you so much uh, for just this text as we work through it. As we see Abraham and his son Isaac, it points to the greatest story, Father, of you sending your son Jesus. Lord, I, I pray today as we just invite you, Lord, to search our hearts and our minds and our thoughts. For us to remember, Lord, where you showed up in our lives, in the small areas and in the big areas. May we allow you, Lord, to test our faith. May we be people that say, here we are. Here I am. God, know me. Work through me. May we recognize, Lord, that we desperately need you. 
You already know what's going on in our hearts. You already know what's going on in our minds. You know us completely. And yet, Lord, you allow us to take one step forward, to lean in, Lord, to who you are. And we know, Lord, that, that your ways, Lord, lead to peace. We know, Lord, that your ways lead to life. We know, Lord, that your ways lead to understanding who you are. And so I pray, Lord, that your son Jesus will, um, will show us, Lord, more of who you are today as we teach ourselves more of the gospel and remember the truths of everything that you have done for us. We love you. We thank you for the story. We thank you, Lord, for, for your word. We pray that you will continue, Lord, to teach us. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.